Welcome to the Neverworld Podcast, where together we explore the strange and unusual. Every journey starts with the first step into the unknown. Hello, everybody, and I want to take a minute to say thank you very much for coming to the second, third, fourth, fifth episode of Neverworld Podcast. I'm David. That's Scott. That's Scott. That's Scott. I'm not sure where Scott is. Um, I'm right here. <laughs> At least I think so. I want to take a minute to just say thank you for being here. We do appreciate it. Please don't forget to hit the like button, the subscribe button. You can share us anywhere on social media. Just you know, highlight the link, copy it, paste it to where you want. Um, trying to think if I missed anything, Scott, did you, oh, mention us on, on social media anyway, just whatever. Yeah. Um, I I do want to add, thank you for our new listeners. This is only, um, our third episode and, um, like to thank you for coming along with us and, uh, thank you for the likes. Thanks for the subscribes and just please share, give us a rating, uh, drop us a line and, um, I did have somebody reach out to me and said they couldn't find the podcast on a certain, uh, I think it's called CastBox. It does mm-hmm. take a little while. Hang tight. I do have it in other places. I don't know why it's not populating there. Our other podcast populates okay. automatically. So it'll probably be there soon. But uh, if not, I'll I'll keep trying to get it to wherever you guys want to watch or, or look um, at the episode. Cool. To either listen or watch, yes. So mm-hmm. yeah. Cool. Nice to know. Nice to know. Good stuff there, mister, because you're the tech geek, not me. I've, if, if getting this out to people was up to me, I'd it'd just be on my computer still. <laughs> um, but, but this week's episode, we decided to do something a little bit more local. We are doing the Haunted Pensacola. Now, I got a book on one of the books. I read a few, but I got one of the books called, called Haunted Pensacola. Mm-hmm. And it is a Haunted America series, and the book is written by Alan Brown. I just wanted to name a couple of places. Like when we first moved here, I have a habit of wherever I move or wherever I'm visiting for any length of time, I try to find out what's haunted, what's spooky, what's scary, what, what like a local history, you know, some of the folklore. One of the first books I bought when we got here was Haunted Pensacola. And I was shocked at how many places are haunted yeah. just in this town. And I'm not even talking like the county. I'm talking about just like the inner portion of the city or, or mm-hmm. fairly local. And I'm just, I just want to read off a couple of names. The Arbona building. I, and I knew about this one. Fort Barrancas and mm-hmm. Fort Pickens are both haunted. I think Barrancas is the one they think might have Geronimo, a ghost of Geronimo or a spirit of Geronimo walking in it. I think well, it's I, th- a- I think he was housed there as like yeah. as a prison. I don't yeah. know much more than while. that. I, yeah. I want to say he was there for a month or two. Yeah. And then they moved him out, out west to uh, one of the uh, prisons out there, if I'm not mistaken. Why they brought him all the way to Florida, I don't know. I'm going to have to read about that. But that's not, that's something I'd like to go over. Anyway. Um, the Old Christ Church, the Naval Air Station, Pensacola, which there are places in the Naval Air Station that are definitely haunted that yeah. I've read about. The Naval Hospital of Pensacola. I'm just going to roll up a little bit more. Seville Quarter. 
That's okay. that's basically downtown where all the bars and little shops mm-hmm. and stuff are at in this town, folks. Where Godzilla came in and wiped everybody the hell out. Um, pardon yeah. the expression. And it didn't uh, look like that. For some reason, the city in the movie was massive. Yeah, like <laughs> and we don't me, have basements that. here. We're <laughs> yeah. in a swamp. There's no basements. Are- There's no underground levels. Yeah, I don't know. I don't give a crap how advanced the government is. They're not being they're not digging that tunnel system here. No. Um, but anyway, there's the Unity Church. There is what you're gonna talk about today, the Sager Theater. No, the Imaging. Is that right? No, the Imaging is what oh, I the will Imaging be talking Theater. I'm sorry, yes. Imaging Theater. Um, my bad. I, I saw Sager. Good. I thought that was it. Sanger. And Sanger? Sanger, yeah. It is the huh. Sanger Theater, yeah. Okay, I would have never pronounced it that way, but okay, cool. Somehow I, I'm not surprised. You I, names? I me, mean, me mess right? up a name? Never. <laughs> I'm not judging. I'm not judging now. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and then the building that I'm doing is the old Pensacola Lighthouse, which is um, on Pensacola Naval Air Station. They, which, again, yeah. very haunted. I mean, this is crazy, folks. It's crazy. Now I want. But I want to. I want to Go throw ahead. something out real quick since uh, we're, we're talking about haunted Pensacola and Dave's already pointed out that there is so many hauntings here. And right. what's a little known fact, and I don't have the exact date in front of me, but Pensacola is the actual first settlement mm-hmm. in the U.S. Yeah. Yeah. So and I, I had that date got written down wiped and out. I don't know where I put it at. Yeah. It yeah. got wiped out by a hurricane. And right. St. Augustine, is it St. Augustine that has the title? St. Augustine the, is supposed is yeah, what they call the oldest next, settlement. But it's not. It's Pensacola uh, by a long shot. By like I think. And 100 years, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's sometime in the 1500s before. they settled yeah. here. Um, and I so, think it was the Spanish, if I remember it was, correctly. It was. Um, they, they and there's still archaeological digs going on downtown. There's times I've been downtown and yeah. seen areas out where they were getting ready to build a building, but they're still uncovering uh, pottery and coins and stuff yeah, like that, which is pretty wild. Yes. What was left? Yep. That must have been a heck of a heck of a hurricane that just well in that out. time building they didn't have building codes. I mean, yeah, this is true. <laughs> no way to measure the wind. Uh, and no it, way to it, even it, know it was coming. True. That's so scary because now we we know way ahead of time mm-hmm. when a storm comes. I just can't imagine waking up one day and you're gone. Yeah. All of a sudden you're you know got 400 mile an hour winds ripping your. Yeah. Ripping your roof off and your walls down. <sighs> Rough times. But, but yeah, anyway. that, I, I'm glad you said that because I would have forgotten about it. I wanted to bring it up and I was thinking about it yesterday. But um, with that said, old area, and that's excluding the natives that lived here initially. Mm-hmm. Um, go ahead. Let's talk about the Imogene Theater. Oh, the Imogene. Yes. Okay. So the Imogene uh, exists in a town called Milton, um, Mm -hmm. which has had multiple names. And I just have to share this because I find it amusing. Right. Um, At one point, it was called Hell. Uh, The other more (laughs) most popular one was Scratch Ankle. And that was due to uh, when people got off the trains, there were so many briars. And you've been Uh, in my you've been on my property. I have millions of blackberries, uh, lots of briars. here. They grow like crazy. So anyway, uh, Milton, very old town. And uh, Mm -hmm. I'll tell you a little bit about the history of the Imogene Theater. And then we'll talk about the haunting of it. This is a a small theater in in Milton, Florida, Mm -hmm. that um, has been around since 1913 is when it opened. 
um, has hosted acts such as Hank Williams, Minnie Pearl, others. Uh, movies that had played there was uh, Wizard of Oz and such. Oh, man. Uh, so it's really cool. Um, here's here's a little bit. The Imogene Theater um, opened in October of 1913 by the president of Milton's first bank. Oh, man. This guy decided to open a new auditorium because four years prior to opening it, there was a great fire that destroyed most of Milton's downtown. And they felt a new auditorium was necessary. This fire is important because of what happens next or or coming. Um, When the first opened, it was titled the Milton Opera House. And the early shows that made it there were traveling shows and silent moving pictures. So like vaudeville acts and and such. Um, It was purchased by a Mr. Gooch in 1921 and renamed the Imogene after his daughter. Mr. Gooch died just months after the purchase of after his purchase, but they kept the name. Um, in 1938, it was the first building to have air conditioning, which is thought, wow, really in 1938, simple <sighs> air. Yes, very cool. They showed movies such as Gone with the Wind, Wizard of Oz. And after almost a hundred years after that original fire, almost to the day, it caught on fire again. No shit. 2009. It was something. We could see the smoke from here. You could see downtown was on fire. It's like, what? And they saved it, but it actually gave them a chance to rebuild it to how it looked when it opened originally. It is a a gorgeous theater. It is really cool. Um, I recommend anybody that's in Milton to stop by. There's a museum downstairs and upstairs Mm -hmm. is the actual theater. It is a neat place. let me see what I have here. Um, I found an article uh, from the local news station, uh, WEAR TV, and this is where I pulled this information from. Folks, if you Google, you will just find everything, and there's just so much to, to go through. Yeah. But um, this is from the manager, Kyle Verner. Um, he said he heard many ghost stories, but really didn't believe them. Soon after he began working there, he changed his mind. His quote is, being at the theater, I, I had experiences that make you go, okay, there's got to be something here. <laughs> <laughs> so he said one late night after a meeting, he heard a gruff, sinister voice telling him to get out. I went to the other side of the room and heard the same thing again. Get out. So I did. <laughs> Smart man, Mr. Werner. Werner said after that encounter, he would not spend the night in the theater. He stays late after events to clean up, but doesn't linger. Right. He said he believes he mostly hears Imogene Goosh, the little girl that the theater is named for. Um, so those are the stories that we have we have heard um is people talk about you hear the girl dancing or singing um songs there has been so many local ghost hunters in there i can't even start to name all of them who have written about this so when you start doing the research it's like my god they have investigated this like crazy yeah and there's some really really cool cool things um one of the things i like about this story on wear is Werner. Um, love that Imogene showed himself to her um, and says, when we leave at night, we always say goodnight, Imogene. Oh, so, which, yes. which is cool. I have heard a lot of people talk about seeing the ghost. I've been in that theater multiple times. It is uh, a really cool place. 
I haven't had any experiences, but um, it seems like a lot of the local ghost hunters right. have. And it's it's a it's a neat place that uh, every year here in Milton they do a haunted uh, ghost tour, and they they put on history and everything. And this particular year they actually did a open to the public uh, investigation with uh, ghost hunting equipment. Um, right. There's some videos out there on TikTok and YouTube that show huh. uh, some EVP that was picked up, which is pretty wild. Um, electronic voice phenomenon for those of you who aren't familiar, but it's when you can record, like have a digital or tape recorder, and it picks up stuff mm-hmm. that we don't hear with our ears. And there's a lot of examples of that out there, and it's it's pretty wild stuff. But that is the Imogene Theater. Um, Freaking awesome. One of many that are haunted in the area. And I believe it. That's, um, that's fantastic. Yeah. Really cool stuff. Now you you've been to the Imogene, you said, right? I have. I've I have. I've, any... I've watched. I've watched movies there. Yeah. Oh, I've never been there. I've heard about it. I've heard it's a yeah. really nice place. It is I a really cool place. That they had had another fire. I yes. didn't know that. It burnt twice, wow. almost that's... a year to the or almost a hundred years to the day. So, man, that's crazy. It that is, is, isn't it? Insane. Um, for for me, I, now it's my turn. I'll All right. Me. I'm going to ramble too, and I'm going to ramble do some on. I'm going to read from the book of Haunted Pensacola. Um, before before the Pensacola Lighthouse was built, um, they had to have something in the interim because there are so many ships coming into the bays that they needed some kind of coordination. They needed to know where they were at so they wouldn't ground out or or what have you. Um, and while those arrangements were being made. The actual construction of the lighthouse being was being done. A floating light vessel called the Aurora Borealis protected <laughs> Pensacola Bay in the interim. I just love the that name awesome. of the Aurora Borealis. That's why I, I just thought I needed to mention that. Um, it was anchored off the western end of the Santa Rosa Island in 1823. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Crazy. Uh, March 24th in 1824, the auditor and treasurer... Uh, Stephen Pleasanton hired some guys, and I'm not going to go into all the details because it gets mm, there's a lot <laughs> gets into too much detail. So I'm trying to like spitball it here. Um, <laughs> the guy that he hired was said he could build the lighthouse at a cost of four thousand nine hundred twenty-seven dollars, but he also said that he could install the ten patent lamps. Um, they were ten. 14 inch reflectors that 14 inches is pretty big. It's pretty big. Yeah. Um, For an additional $750, he assured the treasurer that he could finish the job in 30 days. This ain't going to dude. I'm fine. This money. We're good. 30 (laughs) days, 30 days. Broncos lighthouse, Broncos lighthouse was completed on December 20th, 1824. So much for 30 days. <laughs> like, really, dude? March 24th? Hey, he's, he's it started sold it. in 23. I just think that's so funny. Um, uh, the lighthouse was completed on the 20, in 1824. The first lighthouse manager was a guy named Jeremiah Ingram. He lived alone in the lighthouse yeah. uh, up until 1826 when he got married to Michaela Pennelber. Uh, she was a local. She was from Pensacola. Um, Jeremiah died in 1840. His wife wound up taking over the duties of the housekeeper or the house 
lighthouse keeper mm. and she, they had some children. I want to say they had four children and they got to a point where the, the mechanism that, that turned the, the light broke. So they would have to go up there and, and turn it manually. They'd have to move the light back and forth manually. Um, oh, wow. In 1850, <clears throat> the Mariners, evidently th- this, I didn't realize this, the lighthouse that's there now isn't this lighthouse that they talked about. This oh. is the first lighthouse. Because in 1850, the Mariners started complaining about the modest lighthouse. They said the trees on Santa Rosa Island. Now, if you've not seen Santa Rosa Island, even today, the trees don't get all that big. No, they really don't. But they they said the trees were obscuring the beacon and the light itself wasn't bright enough. So in 1853, they decided to uh, build another one. And they built, oh, wow. they wanted to build one 150 feet high, which is the one that's out on the Navy base now. And fifty in 1854, they appropriated. Here's the price difference: twenty five thousand dollars for Holy a new lighthouse, cow. which would be built a half mile west of Barrancas Lighthouse by the Army Corps of Engineers. Well, they decided wow. that it wasn't going to be tall enough, so they added a thirty thousand dollars. They added another. I'm sorry, another five thousand dollars for the project two two years later. Because it was going to be another 10 feet. They needed an extra 10 feet. That extra 10 feet cost five grand more. I'm just trying to imagine 30 grand in the 1800s. Holy crap, dude. Or my God, that had to be like a millions. Yeah. I I, I didn't do, I didn't bother doing the money conversion because I was thinking. Like, I am that, curious. It's like, wow, that was a lot of money, dude. Uh, the lighthouse, <laughs> that lighthouse was completed in 1858. Wow. Now. To get into the um, the modern era, if you will, uh, they started electrifying it. They, they um, made it like instead of somebody doing it manually or having to, to do like steam powered, whatever they did initially, they want to put an electricity into the into the lighthouse to, oh, to wow. move the fixture in the in the 30s. Um, it's automated. But there are times when it seems as if someone, possibly the ghost of at least one of the former lighthouse keepers, is still on duty. Pensacola resident Emmett Hatton had a firsthand experience. His firsthand experience was one of the ghosts in Pensacola Lighthouse when he was a little little boy. He lived in the keeper's uh, quarters from Mm -hmm. 1931 to 1953. His father manned the lighthouse. One night, Hatton... Uh, was 10, I think 10 years old. His mother told him to get out of bed and check out the source of the creaking sound on one of the 100-year-old wooden stairs at the keeper's quarters. The kid gets out of bed. The guy, he's a little boy, climbs out of bed. He stumbles down the hallway. When he reaches the stairs, he looks down and yells, who's there? He waited a minute for a reply. He heard the front door open and close. So the kid goes out onto the balcony and he's looking down off the balcony, and it's a pretty bright night from all accounts. Bright night, full moon, sees the gate. Now, have you ever been out to the, the lighthouse? I have not been in. I, I'm, okay. I've been by it. I've been in the parking lot, but I've actually never went in. When you, when you come up the back, you're looking at the porch, and the porch mm-hmm. is like up a little bit. So the kid's looking down at the gate. The gate opens. 
and closes by itself oh, and shit. latches. Somebody was coming to work. <laughs> and the kid was like, holy crud. <laughs> um, that's just one of the stories. It says here, paranormal activity inside the lighthouse and the keeper's quarters was connected to the blood stains. People think it was connected to the blood stains on the floor. And they say on the pine floor and the second on the I seen this when we were there because I went into the lighthouse once or twice on the second floor. And they say that it was the blood of Jeremiah Ingram. They said his first wife murdered him. And oh, he, damn. The, was the wounds bleeding out on the floor. But later on, you read and you find out that there's no real proof. There's no police records. There's, there's nothing. No it's just legal a, documents. Could be an it's just urban a great, legend. It's just a great legend. But they do believe that it is the one of the ghosts there is Jeremiah. Hmm. Because he would have been the first lighthouse keeper. Yeah, which would make sense. You, you, you know, even if they open up the second lighthouse, you know, a half mile away, he basically is going to follow his wife. Yeah. So that's where the haunting goes to. Uh, in October, this was interesting to me. On October 1st in 92, a retired Coast Guard petty officer was called to the lighthouse to investigate an electrical problem. He heard a banging sound. He went outside. He followed the sound. You know, whenever you're doing construction, you can right. kind of follow like where noises are coming from. Followed it to a piece of plywood. And he looks in, looks under the plywood. There's nothing there. They go downstairs. They're following the hammering sound. Um, he gets to the basement. And one of the carpenters goes with him. And they rush over. They find the opening. Both men walk down to the basement. The plywood is pushed up like somebody's been banging on the floor to push oh, the plywood up. They said there's like a half inch of nail space. Like you could see. Oh, wow. Like nail, someone's like really banging on the plywood on. to get up. So, but there's no way out of that basement. The old, there's one way in and one way out. And that's where the way the guys were going. And there was nobody but, there. There was nobody there. Mm. Uh, yeah. Right. In 94, the lighthouse was extensively renovated, and evidently that woke up a couple of spirits, and there were like little little kids having problems there. Uh, the tourist was with his family. Uh, Bruce Hamilton and his children, Ann and Alex, climbed up to the top of the lighthouse. I don't know if you've ever been up those. The, oh, you said you weren't in it. No. Folks, inside this lighthouse, the, there's these stairs, and they're very dangerous. Do not wear flip-flops. Wear regular shoes. Do not go up the stairs barefooted. They are steel if you go to visit this lighthouse. I tell you this out of concern for your safety. <laughs> I had my boots on. I was fully clothed. And there ain't no way I'd walk up those stairs in flip-flops. Anyway, that's just a you know public service announcement. <laughs> the kid is walking up the stairs with his with his sister and then they, they, they look around and they're coming down and suddenly alex turns around and he tells his sister to stop whispering in his ear and the father and the mother say you know alex that she's not whispering in your ear nobody said anything they get down to the bottom of the floor and the kid reaches reaches down he looks over his day and says dad somebody was whispering alex in my ear <laughs> and they say the kid was far enough ahead of them because like in this little story you, the kid's like looking around like stop it Stop it. And the dad, I mean, how would you like to have your kid turn around? Look at dad. Somebody's whispering in my ear. Alex. <laughs> so the spirit knew who they were. Um, 
tour guides there have seen ghosts and spirits. Um, they, there is one that's underneath the stairs. There's a stairs going up. And one of the tour guides says that they've seen the ghost of a runaway slave cowering in the corner of the basement or hiding behind the staircase. They don't go into a whole lot of uh, detail of like who this slave may have been. But during the Civil War, <clears throat> this was a hard fought area, evidently, like trying to keep the mouth of the Mississippi mm -hmm. under control. Both, both sides were fighting for that. Um, there's a very heavy latch or a very heavy door up on the top of the building. And they say in the lantern room, and it's really hard to move, but they say they'll close the door and they'll come in and it'll be open <laughs> or they'll open the door. And when they come back, it's closed. Wow. And there's nobody there to do it. And this, this thing's pretty heavy. This thing was built the last, this, how many hurricanes has this thing gone through? A lot. You know, I mean, this thing's not going anywhere anytime soon. Um, Coast Guard uh, crews, they come in, they lock the doors now because it's still under their control, the last I heard. Mm. And they leave, and sometimes the doors are unlocked mm. when they return the next day. Um, they think the there, there may have been a, a hospital there, like a makeshift hospital during the Civil War, mm. which would also explain some more of the, the spirits that are, that are it, there. It definitely could. It's, it's crazy. Um, the bedroom. Another theory holds that the blood spilled on the floor of the bedroom while a woman named Ella was giving birth. Ella died mm. two months later. Even if the murder of the lighthouse keeper is untrue, there are many other bizarre incidences that defy the rational explanation of what could be causing some of the things that happened. Right. But the Ella, I would like to look her up. I did not go into mm. really deep detail because I don't, I don't even know where to begin other than right. with a first name. But that I thought was very, very odd because the woman had died two months after giving, giving right. birth. It is. So she may still be there. Yeah. But these are just like real quick snippets. And that's just one spot, folks, in Pensacola. Yeah. yeah. All these other places that I've mentioned, they're all haunted. <laughs> yeah. Well, any anytime you got an uh, old area like here with so much history, there's so much so much death and uh, yeah. a lot of times it feels to me in my opinion that um spirits connect themselves to something uh right. may, maybe unfinished business or that energy mm -hmm. just cannot let go um and that that's fascinating to me because i'd like to know what keeps uh people yeah. some you know some theories are it's an object or something they had uh mm -hmm. which is interesting my wife and i collect a lot of antiques and oh, uh, there you go well, it, it was Ooh, Scott. <laughs> she uh, we were at a psychic fair um, a few years ago really? and uh, we both had readings done. But when uh, when she had hers, it was so wild. We about <laughs> because the woman says you have brought so many spirits into your house. You keep bringing them in. And I'm like, oh, my God, you're surrounded oh, no. by dead people is what she was told. And I's like, oh, interesting. <laughs> Are they bothering me? There's no. a problem here. If not, leave me alone. There We're is good. no. We 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 have uh and, and that's going to bring me to something um that I, I want to segue into here is right. here here where I live now nothing but the house we lived in twenty years ago uh -huh. was uh and this is another little area of of this area that has a lot of history is our house was in Baghdad Florida spelled different oh, no, no H 
Um, the yeah. house we we owned, it was our first house as we bu- that we bought as a couple, um, was uh-huh. owned by the lumber company. There's a huge mill here that really? built in yellow pine and shipped mm-hmm. it worldwide from the port of Baghdad. There's really cool pictures of these huge mm-hmm. ships with all the sails and everything that would load up and they would ship ship the wood. Can everywhere. I interrupt you real yes, quick? Please. Are, are they still doing that? I mean, I know we still have all the pine forests and stuff. We still we still mill. do the pine, but the mill, the mill and the port are gone. Okay. The actual wood mill. Yeah, no there's now there. a nice okay. a nice park I, there. Um oh, but, okay. I didn't know that. I, I just yeah, unfamiliar that, with that bit of history. I love that. Yeah, that the house is just down the road from there. And Mm. it was a worker's house because it was a duplex. And there were several houses that look identical. And ours happened to be one of them. And, you know, we were really young, didn't think much of it. But the very, very first day after we bought it, I mean, our our realtor said, oh, it's haunted. And we're like, "Ah, yeah, whatever. Sure, sure. It's haunted. You know, we like that stuff. You're just trying to get us to buy. We're going to buy it anyway. So, uh yeah, I uh, <laughs> I went I'd be the, like, yes, hold. Yes, I, <laughs> I was in the house alone, and I uh, was in another room, and I heard the screen door open, and swing shut with a slam, uh, and I heard laughter of children and the running of feet through the house, oh, and gosh. I ran out of that room and looked. I didn't find anything. It's like, okay, my brain, wow, just playing tricks on me. No big deal. Um. This house had so many incidents in it, and I'm only going to touch on a few of the big uh-huh. ones. Um, one of the biggest ones for us is we had a room down in the first level that we uh-huh. watched television in, and we had built an office out of the room directly above the room where we watched TV. So one night while we we're watching TV, you could hear the office chairs rolling around. Now I've got cats. I've got, I had a dog at right. the time and it's like, what are they doing? They weren't up there and they were in the room with us. Oh, and it's like, and we just heard these chairs going back and forth, back and forth. We would hear that all the time. You would hear footsteps in the house. You would hear people go up and down the stairs. Um, my wife felt somebody getting bed with her while I was gone. The really? bed sinking. Um, it was pretty wild. We never felt threatened. Um, right. Another real quick story was having the house rewired, came home, the electricians were outside and would not go in until I was with them. I remember you telling me that. I remember you telling me that story, but I didn't put, for whatever reason, I didn't put two and two together. I thought it was in the house you're living in now. No, no, we have nothing here, but it was the one before and they would not go back in to finish the work till I got home. (laughs) And, you know, I I, I believe him because I've had a lot of experience and that is only scratching the surface of the stories I have to tell about that house. Um, we, we, we ended up talking to the realtor, um, a few years ago and we said, was it haunted for you for real? And she's like, yeah, yeah. yeah I felt people getting in bed with me. Wow. And, like, and she told a story of the, that people would comment that they would wake up and have a woman floating over them in bed, looking uh-huh. down on them. Thankfully, I've never seen that. I would have probably had a stroke. Uh, Ghostbusters. <laughs> yeah. I would have loved yeah, to. I don't I, know. Dude, I don't I think I would handle that well. <laughs> it, we handled it surprisingly well because for some reason we never felt threatened. No, I, I mean like waking oh. up and, you know. Oh, I wouldn't be able to handle that. An apparition no, that, floating in front of me. I no. don't care who it was. <laughs> yeah. yeah, she she 
sleeps three feet above the bed. But anyway, yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, but uh, but yeah, so that's that, freaking great. It it was cool. So I am definitely a believer. I have a lot of events in my um, mm-hmm. life where I have actually seen full blown apparitions. Um, yeah, I've sensed it. I've felt it. I have been physically touched, pushed, mm-hmm. punched. Um, I've heard, seen, and. I mean, I could be crazy, but I know what I saw, right. <laughs> you know, right. so it's and, and other people have seen the stuff, too. So it's pretty wild, man. Yeah, I don't have anything in Pensacola. All my stories are are going to have to be told in other right other places because it wouldn't make any sense for me to tell a story here. Right. No, um, we'll, we will. My God, that. That, that's freaking fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. That's and I wish great. I would have been into this at that time. You know, I was, yeah. I, I was just always really cool. The, none of this stuff was on TV not, or if no. it was, I'd never, never paid in much attention of, to it. Yeah. You know, yeah. The, I would, the closest I thing then would have been in yeah. reruns of In Search Of or uh, sightings, I think might have been yeah. around at that point. Yeah. But really nothing, nothing, much. nothing like today, nothing like today where yeah. every, every guy and their friend does a podcast about the supernatural or, you know, Jerks. I mean, just every time you turn on, I, I know, right. There's only 10,000 of them out there. <laughs> What's one more? <laughs> Thanks for 10, listening. Thousand and one. <laughs> but yeah. So I think, I think it's really cool that areas like this, the, with yeah. all the old history, you're going to get that with all the old artifacts where, you know, mm-hmm. I do believe that, um, spirits do latch on to things yeah. it just seems like it uh it, mm-hmm. it makes sense to me um yeah what yeah what makes what they are are they really our loved ones are they really the souls or i don't know are they interdimensional beings i don't know it's Ooh. uh it's something we one day i think we'll find out but yeah yeah i think i think it'll come abundantly obvious at some point what at least what some of the answers are yeah. Maybe not all of them. I think you're always, I don't give a crud how advanced we get as a species. If we don't wipe ourselves out soon, well, if we get advanced as a species, you know, that we'll ever know everything. There's no. just no, the universe is just too vast. And when you look at the universe, I'm not talking about just what we live in. I mean, all the other dimensions that God only knows how many, I think they count right. like there's possibly 20. And then yeah, some scientists are like 20. You know, every decision, yeah. you know, some philosophers say every decision you make is creates a new dimension. So that hurts my head yeah, when yeah, we start like, going down there. Yeah. And that that's true. And yeah, we may eventually find out, but mm-hmm. I guarantee by the time we do, there will still be people who will close their ears and their eyes to yep. what's right in front of them. Um, yeah. I I tend to think I have an open mind when it comes to this. I am mm-hmm. I am incredibly skeptical. I do require a pretty high level of proof. Um, I think you have to be skeptical. You have to be. I can't you take every everything with. You should take everything with a grain of salt and just right. take a look at it. We've all heard the ghost stories. Some of them are embellished. Some are mm-hmm. are just made up for attention and everything. Um, I believe because of my life, I've seen enough that I just cannot explain. um at all and you can't say it's just a uh i don't know what what could be what could make up for me seeing things and i guess we that's when we start getting into the science of electromagnetic fields and what it does to your brain and stuff right yeah so that's a whole nother that's a whole nother thing but yeah yeah you do have to be skeptical and you do kind of want to like me i just i want to believe you want to believe i want to believe yeah. Uh, yeah. W- with with what we were just talking about, like the ghosts and and whatnot, and the haunt and the spirits and the hauntings. Yeah. 
just like I said, in this town alone, just this one book, and I'm sure they didn't cover everything in this book because the book's oh, no. not that thick. It's just like three or four pages, real big beats on on certain places. And it's just fantastic. Like, I would have never dreamed that there was that many haunted places. And I talk to people at work, and they talk about other places that aren't in this and aren't in anything else that yeah. I've seen. I'm like, really? Like, the, um, I guess we could, the cemetery that we Coon Hill. Coon Hill Cemetery in Jay, Hill Florida. Cemetery. Yeah, that's one that we've uh, talked about. We tossed around before we started mm-hmm. the podcast of actually doing a ghost investigation, which I'm sure it's been heavily investigated. Right. A lot of neat stories uh, surrounding this cemetery up in Jay. Um, right. So, I'd like to take and, a look at that. Yeah, absolutely. Cemeteries are fascinating places for me. Right. Um, yeah. I th- when it's cooler. When it's cool. Right now it's December and it's 70 degrees out it's in humid. summertime <laughs> in Florida, in the Florida swamp. Skunk Ape's having a good time. <laughs> That's right. We'll have to do that like in December, uh, January, February when it's... It might 40. be a bit chilly in February. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. So anything else, Dave, about haunted Pensacola? Oh, uh, folks, if you come here, grab this book. Grab the book, Haunted Pensacola, uh, by, I believe I said his name was Alan Brown. Mm. Um, and just go visit. Go or go the look sites. at these streets. They're, 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 some of the streets have changed a little bit, which is very funny because there was a uh, uh, an old whorehouse downtown that mm. they talk about that is, of course, no longer there. But, but the way the book writes it is, Part of the building is still there, and then another part was brand new, and you can still see, like, the prostitutes either walking in and out through the wall where a door would have been. Oh, my. That sort of thing. So that's the kind of thing that I look at, and I think, I would love to see that. I mean, in this town, close up, I'd like to see that. I would love to see it, too. Absolutely. And and we'll, ha- we'll it doesn't have, have to be a prostitute. I'm just saying, like a ghost. Yeah. No, absolutely. <laughs> we 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 should uh, take our show on the road and do some investigations. Hopefully, yeah. we'll uh, we'll it's get fun. it to a spot where we can do that and do a remote broadcast of of the show. I think would be mm-hmm. absolutely awesome to uh, that to do that. Terrific tonight. when we're doing those. Absolutely. Um, so I would like to thank everybody for hanging on for the ride. Bear with us. We are getting this thing rolling. We don't know exactly mm-hmm. what the hell we're doing, but we're we're trying. <laughs> we are trying we're going to bring you at least good stories hopefully you will enjoy them um yeah. if you're still watching but at this point we think you enjoy it so go ahead don't forget <laughs> to hit the like hit the share yeah share us over on social media tell yep. people to come over take a look at us um yep. give us a good rating drop us a line if you if you're Please. in this area just drop us a line and say hi man would you go yeah. go to this haunted place go to that haunted place we'll try we're going to try and do something here probably within the next few months because yeah, so it'll be nice and cool out we are um if you want to communicate directly with us you can do so on facebook mm-hmm. under neverworld podcast also on twitter uh, at neverworld podcast mm-hmm. um, look us up um you can communicate with us on rumble and youtube as well where our videos are uploaded uh every other Friday at the moment. Hopefully, we're going to change that to every single Friday as things roll. So, um, so if you want content, hit subscribe, right. hit like, and we will try and keep you entertained. And some of our episodes will be long. Some of our episodes will be, be short. short. We don't have we don't have a a, a set 
set nope. time limit. It's just until one of us gets tired of talking. You think we ever plan anything? No, <laughs> never. No. No, no, no. So thanks again, folks. I really appreciate you joining us on our adventure into the unknown. Until next time, be safe. Cheers.